John chapter 12, beginning with verse 20 through verse 33. Hear the word of God. Now, were there, now there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the feast. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with a request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went to tell Andrew, and Andrew and Philip in turn told Jesus. Jesus replied, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. The man who loves his life will lose it, while the man who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. Now my heart is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and will glorify it again. The crowd that was there and heard it said it had thundered. Others said an angel had spoke to him. Jesus said, this voice was for your benefit, not mine. Now is the time for judgment of this, on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. But when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to myself. He said this to show the kind of death he was going to die. This is the word of God for the people of God. He may be seated. So today's Palm Sunday, and you know, traditionally, probably for years, I've always just read. Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. And in John chapter 12, if we would have started at verse 1, that's what we would have read. But this week, God put on my heart to talk about not the coming in, but the time in between. So he rides into Jerusalem on a donkey. They put their palm branches down on the ground. And we have palm branches here to give out to people afterwards as well. If you want to come up and take one after the service, please do. But... Then there's this time between Palm Sunday and Friday when people are shouting and, and all excited and then kill him. In a week, what changed? Not even a week, less than a week. What changed? Well, what changed was what happened in the shadow of the cross. You know what a shadow is, right? The thing that the groundhog sees every February 2nd in you know, we're in winter and it's colder now than it was when he saw his shadow. I don't understand that. But anyway, shadow is just the absence of light. Any light source, particularly the sun, if we walk outside right now, it's a very sunny day, we'll see our shadow. Wherever the, like if the sun's hitting us from this side, a shadow will be over here. And basically, whatever blocks the light out, therefore, is a shadow. And it's dark. When there's no light... There's a shadow. The cross left a shadow. And that shadow was a dark place. And Jesus knew that it was coming. But he made a particular statement we read this morning. What shall I say then? Let this time pass before me? No. He could have. 
think about that. He could have said to the father, I'm not ready for this. Maybe we do it next year on Passover. Maybe we just don't do it at all. You know, I kind of like this idea of being a man and, and growing and, you know, this gift you've given me to, to live as a human being. I kind of want to live. He could have said that. <laughs> that would have been bad for us. Oh, would that have been bad for us? Because we needed him to die on that cross. And he knew that if he didn't, (laughs) we're doomed. So he chose to go forth and not say, not my will be done, but your will be done, Lord. He chose to say that. And then he, he tells us, whoever loves his life or follows me must hate his life, give up your life and follow him. What does that mean? Now, he gave up his life and he died, but he rose again. So is Jesus telling us we have to die so that we can rise again? Well, we all know that someday we will die. We all will. And, you know, I know every time I ever heard that, I always say, I don't want to talk about that. And I don't even like saying it now. But we know that it's true. But what comes after is far greater. And he knew that too. That what came after was far greater. But what he didn't mean we, in this moment that we accept him, we have to die just immediately, physically. Because we got to look back to what caused this whole thing to begin with. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 3. Eve didn't know who Satan was. Talking snake, okay. Probably all kinds of animals in the garden. This one just happens to talk. Okay. And then he says, surely you won't die. Surely you won't die because God knows that when you eat that fruit, your eyes will be open and you will be like him. And she saw that it was good for food, and she ate. So that changed everything, because that was disobedience. That was sin. That caused death. And did she die? Did she die immediately? No. She lived for several hundred years. We don't know exactly how many after she did this. She did not die in that day. So did Jesus tell us that we must die immediately when we follow him? Not in that day, but she did die, and we must die to self. What's that mean? She continued to live physically, though she died spiritually. We continue to live physically, but we are born spiritually. We give up that first life, and now we live a new life that is spiritually alive. What does that mean? It changes everything. Just like that, eating that fruit changed everything, when we die to the physical life and we live a spiritual life, it changes everything. We don't see it, though. As I was telling the kids, eyes, eyes, ears, nose, mouth, 
<laughs> There's a song going through my head now. <laughs> I can't remember it, but anyway, we see, we hear, we taste with our physical bodies, but there's something inside us that has become activated once we follow Jesus. And we give up that first life, which is in the shadow of the cross, which is in the darkness, which has no light in it at all. And we come into this new life and we live. We live. Now, how we live is up to us. But God wants us to live abundantly. So back up a little bit in what we read. He says, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies. I often say this. If you've ever been to a funeral that I've done, I say this. I got it from Tom Jones. I can't take credit for it. He taught me this. Tom Jones will actually take a kernel of wheat and put it on the casket. I don't know where he gets it. I don't have a wheat field in my backyard, so I can't get the seeds. But anyway, he... Unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it can't reproduce. So a seed falls into the ground, it essentially dies, and then it breaks open, and new life comes out, and a new plant forms. That's what Jesus is telling us has to happen to our lives. We have to give up what we have for what we can have. Does that mean I have to give up my Friday night bowling league? Does that mean I have to give up watching the... The Browns beat the Steelers every year. Oh, wait, never mind. Does that mean I have to give up all these things that I enjoy? No. But just remember that you're coming out of that shadow now, and you're walking in the light. And that all that stuff that we used to do, some of it God wants us to no longer do. Not everything, but there's things that he wants us to no longer do. He wants us to live for him, to seek him out, to know him, to have a relationship with him, to hear from him, to experience him. And the only way we can do that is we have to give up that first life. We have to give it up. We can't have both. You can't live a dual life. You, You can only live once, okay? You give up that life, and now you got a new life. And that life, I know you're all waiting for me to tell you the great thing that there's great words of wisdom to say, this is what it looks like. Well, guess what? I can't do that because it's different for all of you than it is for me. We all have individual relationships with God. And I can't tell you what it looks like because I don't know what your relationship with God looks like, but I can tell you about mine. But you get to experience yours for yourself. And that's a beautiful thing. Because if you experienced mine, it may not fit your personality. It may not fit who you are. It may not fit your desires and your, and your wants. But if you take all that you have that God has given you and you turn it into a new life with Him, whew, you get the best of both worlds in a sense, except for all the ugly stuff that we got rid of. So, are you willing to sacrifice your life to live, because that's what Jesus did. That's what he was talking about. He said, the time has come. It's Palm Sunday. The time's come. I mean, this read took place on Palm Sunday, just later in the day. He said, the time has come for me to be glorified. I'm giving up this life so I can have a new one. So the time has come for us to give up 
the shadow and live in the light. Are you willing to do that? What are you willing to give up? Now, I can't tell you what that is either. Because for some, it may be God wants you to do something completely different. He may want you to move somewhere else. He may want you to get another job. I don't know. Maybe it's just as simple as I want you to wake up an hour earlier and read the Bible. Maybe it's I want you to pray five minutes instead of four minutes a day. And there's nothing wrong with praying only four minutes a day. Don't let anybody tell you any different. God, if he wants you praying more, he'll tell you to pray more. You'll hear his voice and you will pray more. What I'm saying is there's no prescribed Follow this list and you'll be closer to God. You have to figure it out yourself and you can because that's the way he works with all of us. But see, you don't have to figure it out. He'll tell you. But he won't tell you unless you give up that life and accept the new life that he has for you. As part of that new life, you'll start to change. If I look at my life 30 years ago compared to today, I'm not the same person. People that knew me in college would look at me today and say, what in the world? Who is this guy? They wouldn't know me because I'm so different. But it took time for that to happen. It didn't happen overnight. It's still happening. Who I am today is different than I'm going to be a year from now because God's growing me because I'm allowing him. So what I'm saying is, Giving up this life is allowing God to make the change in you to be what he wants you to be. You don't have to figure it out. He will tell you. That's important. And I'm not giving you a pass by saying that either. But what I'm trying to tell you is don't put burden upon yourself that you have to figure it out. Because God will tell you, you will accept you will move, you will understand, you will become someone new every day if you allow God. Or you can stay in the shadow of the cross, you can live this wonderful life you have, not grow, not fall to the ground and die and become something new. And if you've accepted Christ as your Savior, then you'll go to heaven. But if you move out of that, accept Christ as your Savior, go to heaven, and you live this new life, you're going to have a joyful life on, in heaven, and you're going to have a greater reward. A, gr a joyful life on earth and a greater reward in heaven. That's what Jesus was talking about. Are you willing to do what Jesus did? Are you willing to, to step out of the shadow of the cross and in a sense, not literally, but in a sense, put yourself on the cross to be crucified with him, to move into a new life. Because you know who's in that shadow? Satan. Satan was in the shadow of the cross. That's where he dwells. No, he doesn't live in, in hell. How many people think Satan lives in hell? He doesn't live in hell. He lives here on earth. He's here on earth, influencing with his minions, everybody he can. Hell is his final destination, but he doesn't live there. He's not ruling over all the people who have died who have gone to hell. No. He's living here on earth until the time comes. And the pastor we last week told us that. If you remember, the demons that were in that man, that legion, said, 
Have you come to torment us before the time? They weren't in hell. They were here on earth inside that man, and Jesus cast them out into the pigs. So anyway, don't live in the shadow of the cross. Come out into the light. Give up the life that you had and live a new life. And that's not even just a one-time thing. Salvation is a one-time thing. Okay, the moment you accept Christ as your Savior, you're going to heaven. And there will be people who will try to tell you that you can send yourself into hell, that you can renounce your salvation. You can, I'm sure, let them talk. God has told us that when you accept his son, you are going to heaven. Period. End of story. That's it. Okay? That's the foundation. And you can stay there. And you can go to heaven. But what Jesus was talking about when he said, give up your life, is that every day, God, what can I do different? What do you want me to do today? How can I serve you today? And don't worry about the sins of the past. They are in the past. Live in the present. Don't worry about the future. Live for today. What can I do for you today? And the mistakes that you make today, they will be in the past tomorrow. The mistakes you will make tomorrow... In two days, we'll be in the past. Okay, So live for today. Live in the present. What can I do today, Lord, to be better for you, to further your kingdom, to come out of that shadow? And when you, in a, you know, a few weeks, a few months down the road, you realize, Ugh, I kind of got away from God. You know, that's not the end. You have been saved. You have that foundation. Come out. Move on. It's that simple. That's what the Lord wants of us. And again, it's different for everyone. We can share stories. We should, because they're really good. They, they help build us up and they encourage us. But don't try to live the life of someone else. Live your life the way God has given it to you. Because that's the best life you can live. And He wants to be with you each day to guide you through it. So, I apologize for not talking about putting the palms on the road, but just something the Lord spoke to me and said, I really think this is more important that they hear this. And I've said this many, many times, and I'll say it many, many more. God rejects the first and accepts the second. This is a concept that you see a lot in the Bible. Ishmael was born to Abraham the very first son Abraham ever had. He had many, many more. Ishmael was first. God rejected Ishmael, accepted Isaac. We look at Aaron's sons. Now, they did something wrong. They, they got in trouble with God, and God took their lives, but he rejected them. And then Aaron's other sons and his grandsons became prominent priests. I could go on and on to explain how God rejects the first and accepts the second, but the whole thing, the whole concept is to explain to us that this first life that we are born into, born of a mother, God rejects that life because it's a sinful life. But he accepts the life that we are born again into. John chapter 3, verse 3, 
Truly I say to you, unless you are born again, you shall not see the kingdom of heaven. Born again. Meaning you die to the first life and you live the second life. And again, not physically die. Giving it up just like Eve didn't physically die in that day, but lived on. We give up that life. We lived a new life, born again. That's the life that God accepts. So what do you want to do with your life today? (laughs) I still remember when my dad asked me that 14 years old. What do you want to do with your life? I had no idea. (laughs) But even sometimes we all say, when we wake up in the morning, I don't know what I would do with my life today. Ask God. And you know what? He will answer you. Any day you don't know what to do with your life, ask God. He will answer you. We can do this, folks. And I'm telling you, it's going to be a wonderful thing when we do. So come out of that shadow and into the light. Because that cross didn't make a big shadow, but it didn't have to be big. Because that shadow is big enough and small enough that anyone who wishes to dwell in it can. But you're living in a very small, very small place. Outside the shadow of the cross is a whole new world where we can live free and with God an abundant life. So come out of the shadow and into the light. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for sending your Son, Jesus, to die on the cross for us. Lord, we just pray that this day you will teach us again. We know, but teach us again. What does it mean to die on the cross? What does it mean to have a new life? What's it mean to give up our lives like Jesus did? Teach us that we may do it, that we may walk in the light and come out of the shadow of the cross. Teach us, Lord. We love you. We look to you. We adore you in all that you've given us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.